You are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, welcome into the Locked On Hawks Postcast, your home for the best Hawks talk. It's local insight. You can't get anywhere else, but right here on Locked On, I am your host, Tanisha Batiste, and alongside me is the Sean. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. The Locked On Hawks postcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with Sean. The Hawks fell for the first time in the last five games with a 126 to 117 L to the Thunder that they took tonight in OKC. So let's talk about it in TNT's take on what happened to Sean. Your takeaway, your top takeaway from tonight's game was that the defense disappeared. The defense, Tanitra, the defense, the defense, the defense. Like, still banging my head on the wall. And you know what? It's funny because when we tend to have these postcasts, that's usually one of the first things that we bring up. Still indecisive and still trying to figure out, is it about the presence? Is it about being locked in? Um, You know, is, is it really good defense, which we've seen from some games? I think the only thing that I can say, honestly, about this team and their defensive woes and so forth is that they have been consistently inconsistent. And if you look at consistency from a good standpoint, I mean, it just depends on what side of the fence you're on. In a, in a game like this, it was like Oklahoma City was as uh, applied the pressure um, and was just very aggressive, got after it. And, you know, this almost kind of looked like Atlanta when they got punched in the mouth by New York. We thought that those days were over. We thought that that was done. And I remember these days of being the young Hawks, Tanisha, when you were that young crew. And everybody was just, this was just a stop through the city. Most of the opposing teams was probably going to hang out at the gentlemen's club. Oh, by the way, we got a basketball game tomorrow night. No big deal. It was just a stop through. Well, that's what Oklahoma City was probably considered on tonight. And they had their chance to be the the, the young dogs. Atlanta has to remember that they at one point was in that same situation, just waiting for somebody to come in here and upset them. So I think we saw a little bit of that and maybe, maybe overlooked OKC a little bit, which never should have happened in the first place if you didn't learn your lesson by now. I would have to agree with you on that one because here's the thing. And when you kind of look down, there are a couple of things. Well, two players that stood out, and I know you're going to want to weigh in on this as well. First of all, you better never I don't care who else is suited up, laced up, or booted up. You better never overlook SGA because that is going to be the death of you. And it really always is for the Hawks. I mean, since Shea Gilgis-Alexander came into the NBA, he's been a problem for the Hawks. Tonight, stat line, 30 points on 11 of 20 shooting from the field, 3 of 7 from 3, but also had a pretty good all-around game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, you really can't expect more from him. And like you said, Deshaun may be getting into a little bit of foul trouble, but at least you saw that aggressiveness from him. So, yeah, he got the five personals, but that's because, you know, Buddy was out there really doing it. And then interestingly enough, and we'll talk a little bit about this in the deep dive as well, because I thought this was actually a good move on Clint Snyder's part that got the Hawks back into the game. But Billy Donovan and company went and did it first, meaning they put Chad Holmgren out there at the power forward and decided, hey, we're just not going to play a center. And it worked because he – 
at times, especially, and you know, there were a couple of series in that closing stretch when they got that lead down to single digits where Chet Holmgren pretty much iced the game for the Thunder. So I feel like you said, there are times when you kind of know that you shouldn't go in and expect that, oh, we're just going to kind of breeze through and we're going to get a win because there are certain players that are matchup nightmares for you. And then you got to look at kind of what things are going your way. And I, I just want to dig back into the defensive numbers kind of before I give my takeaway to your point. A lot of it happened with second chance points. So you kind of wonder that's where a lot of the defense for the Hawks disappeared. I mean, the, the Thunder were out there clearing the boards and saying, hey, if we don't get the ball in the, in the hole the first time, we're going to make sure we get a second chance at it and then we're going to make you pay for it. So yeah, that was one area. And then one more before we wrap up, Aren't we usually talking about the Hawks pickpocketing and blocking folks? Well, you know what? The Thunder gave them a taste of their own medicine. So that goes back to the inconsistency you said, because that was a head scratcher for me as well, not to see them being their defensively solid selves in those two particular areas. For sure. I mean, listen, you know, we talk about Shea Gilgis Alexander. If, if we've seen what he did on last year, the way he kind of emerged into uh being as close of a star player as it can get without being a star player maybe um you do have those you know other guys out there that were contributing as well we start talking about guys Mm -hmm. like Jalen williams was flying around all over the place they even got a a little taste of you know lou dort getting jammed up in the dorture chamber i guess is what they're calling (laughs) it nowadays and the deep in the job that he did defensively you know on on track Chet Holmgren being the windshield wiper man out there, just kind of blocking everything that's coming up through there. So, I mean, listen, they did it together. Um, they, 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 you know, had the camaraderie out there, the chemistry out there, the, everybody was working together. Everybody was sharing it. Everybody was playing and having fun. And if we're just being honest, I know we can touch on this a little bit later, but I definitely want to, you know, certainly mention when you have some of those instances when, um, DeJounte Murray is I'm not even going to say not having a good or a great game but just clearly not looking or performing in this game like he had the previous ones okay there was maybe not a big drop off but yet still the stuff he was doing was career stuff when he doesn't have a career night you're gonna need your other you know uh, uh, counterpart your duo your backcourt teammate what have you to step up and step in the gap by the way you're from Oklahoma. So, you know, some, some of those things, maybe it apply pressure, maybe it doesn't. Um, but I think it was just, it was collectively for this team. It just didn't seem right. It just didn't seem like there was enough juice there, enough oomph. I didn't feel like I seen enough from Clint. I don't feel like I, the two guys that I do feel the most confident about from a consistency, consistency standpoint tonight, and I get it, Jalen isn't gonna be the Jalen that he's been every single night was Sadiq Bey, who I think I can expect to be the most consistent just because of his playing style on both sides of the ball. And surprisingly or not surprisingly enough, uh, you did have Bogey Bogdanovich, double B, that was standing in there and and, and shooting the ball, doing exceptionally well. I think he should have got a couple more touches, especially during some of the stretches in those critical moments when they were trying to come back, going from down 19, cutting the deficit to five. Some of those, I think he should have been getting the ball just a little bit more because between he and Bogey, I don't really feel like they could have been stopped. Yeah, and for me, my takeaway for the night was going back to what you said, you're an OKC. 
So you're looking for Trey Young to have a breakout game like he always does, especially when you see him honored with a street named after him. You would think that'll give him a little extra juice for tonight, but it seemed like he was much of what we've seen out of him the entire season so far. Only seven games in, but and he did have 22 points and 11 dimes tonight. But if you dig a little deeper into those numbers, especially the scoring, you just didn't see and you haven't seen that efficiency there just yet. Now, 33.6% from the floor so far this season, 27.3% from three so far tonight, under 28% from the field, and 20% from three, and he only tried five threes. So those are the types of things that make me a little bit uncomfortable. And I know really quick before we get out of here, you wanted to just mm-hmm. give it just a little bit of a positive note, but that did it does trouble me because it, it seems like it's a bit of a trend. Yeah, for sure. Um, I will say this much. We have seen trey not necessarily you know contribute what we have seen in past years so far in the first few games of the season um they show that they know how to win basketball games when he's not on that particular level that we're so accustomed to him being on i think that that is a a positive thing it can only go up from here um i think i recall you mentioning um you know how um, you know, don't be fooled uh, by, you know, maybe the stat line or whatever, what have you. That's not going to tell the whole story if you didn't watch the game. Um, but I think for the team uh, that, that, you know, there are some positive takeaways from the game prior to this. I know we're talking about this game, but I think there's some things that you can build off of when okay. Trey is not having such a great game as we've yeah. gotten accustomed to. Fair enough, and that is definitely what you're going to need to see because there will be nights that he's going to be off and you need everybody else to be on. Listen, we're going to talk a little bit more about this game in the and one, but first I want to tell you guys a little bit about game time. All right, so game time. You know, when I think about this, Deshaun, one of the things that I think about that makes me frustrated is when I'm trying to buy a ticket And for whatever reason, I'm not sure if the seats are good. I don't know if I can actually find them last minute where I want them to be. And then the deals are kind of shaky, right? Well, at the end of the day, that's not something that anybody should have to worry about when they're thinking about a big game, maybe like the next game that's coming up next week. You shouldn't have to worry about it. Game time is the way that you can get worry-free ticket purchasing each and every time it's fast it's easy and you can get it for not just sports but music comedy and theater events that are near you so what killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seat best price guarantees all in the same place then it's game time to help you take the guesswork out of it now they also have flash deals they have zone deals you can actually view the seats from any venue it's the lowest price guarantee event cancellation protection job loss protection etc i mean you really and truly cannot go wrong with it and listen game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and if you're like me sometimes i go last minute with it so even if it's an hour after it starts you can still find that seat and listen we know everybody in atlanta likes to come to a game fashionably late anyway so they probably don't really care to know anything but that they can get that and of course you can credit you can get credit for 110 percent of the difference if you happen to find a ticket at a better deal, but check it out on Game Time. Download the Game Time app. It's user friendly. You can create an account and use code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N NBA for twenty dollars off. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with Game Time. 
All right, time to take a deep dive into this game. Now, you know, Deshaun, I like the fact that you ended our first segment on a positive note and a high note about what some of the guys can do and have done when Trey's having an off night. So we'll we'll stay with your theme of positivity. The Hawks were down by as many as 19 points in this game, but they were actually able to battle back and make it a game with the last three minutes in regulation to get the lead down to six. From what you saw, Deshaun, how were they able to battle back and almost get the comeback completed tonight? Well, it's just a matter of fighting. Um, you have to continue to just keep fighting no matter what. I think that, you know, when I was sitting there watching them when they were making that run, they legit just seemed to have appeared to be taking it one play at a time, literally. Yeah. And I think that that's something that does show growth Indeed. with this team because I've definitely seen more than enough instances. If you're a diehard Atlanta Hawks fan or, you know, part, part of Hawks Nation and so forth for many, many years, like, you know, a lot of, the uh, viewers who are watching and people that are listening on this podcast, um, on this postcast has been. And there's more than enough examples that we can give to where we didn't see that fight. Like when you saw it over, it was over and that was that. And so to be able yeah. to see that, especially when your star player is not having the greatest of shooting nights and so forth, shooting under 30%, um, I think that the, those are some instances where you have some good takeaways because I'm not sure I saw anybody per se technically having like a great night exactly. Um, so from that standpoint, I think that is where, you know, there, there is some optimism to find. We go from deep dive to everybody taking a deep breath, okay, and, 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 and bringing everybody back down to life because, you know, to earth because the reality is, is after those first two games, uh, then you, you know, go on a four game winning streak. And then I'm looking up at the standings, of course, it's very early, but you're looking up at the standings, it's like, I'm watching teams just kind of fall by the wayside and the Hawks are just keep on winning, keep on winning. We almost got to a handful of wins consecutively. That's pretty big when a lot of teams are still trying to figure out rotations amongst other things. Um, you knew a loss was going to come, didn't feel confident that it was going to come on tonight, to be honest with you, but nonetheless, um, still human, still things to take away from it. And when you can, I, I, I get the feeling that if you had just one or two guys that were able to um, get off to faster starts yeah. um, and, and get the rotations figured out, the bench looks different than it did from last year. So the Hawks is very much in the conversation with some of the other teams that are still trying to figure some things out. And fingers, toes, eyes, T's, and everything else crossed that it'll <laughs> look significantly different when they uh, play in the neutral site game up next. Yeah, and I'm thinking the same. Like, one of the things that I did like, and, and you're right, you didn't have a whole heck of a lot as far as greatness that we saw tonight. But if I can go back to one of the terms that you used, I'll flip it. So we talked about the consistently inconsistent defensive play. The one guy that gives us consistency on a consistent basis is Jalen Johnson. I mean, we're still having good conversation about Jalen Johnson seven games in. And, you know, he only played the 34 minutes, but he did get another start, 13 points. But he also had 12 rebounds and he had five assists. So I like the way that's still a pretty round game for him. And uh, that was actually a career high for him with those 12 boards. So I do like what I saw out of him. And I do think he was at least a little bit of a part of the comeback if you will, getting that down to three. And another thing that I wanted to uh, mention as well that I thought 
was a good call on Quinn Snyder's part. And that was kind of matching the thunder with how they, I'm going to go with say small ball, meaning no center. So at some point during that stretch, during that run to get back into this game, Quinn decided when Clint Capella sat, he'd bring in Onyeka Okongu. And again, this is one of those where the stat line doesn't tell the story completely because you only see seven points and you only see three of eight field goals in his 25 minutes, but you see 14 rebounds. And that's how the Hawks slowly but surely started getting back into this thing. So I think those are some good moves as well. It goes back to something you said about the team. There were times last season where we'd say, yeah, they're down for the count and they're done, especially the first half of the season, right? But this year, I feel like, nope, they're showing signs of always being a team that can be in it even to the end, even when they start off slow to your point. And I think part of the reason they're showing it is because Quinn Snyder makes faster moves than, say, we would have seen, unfortunately, from, say, like a Nate McMillan, as far as, like, switching some things up in-game when he's not seeing the matchups that he likes. So I did think that that was a good look for the Hawks tonight as well. No, I definitely agree with you on that, Tanitra. You just got to – you got to start somewhere, you know, and it's it's the next game up. Um, sometimes I'm curious, you know, as to games like this, who's taking it personal, who's treating yeah. it like, you know, like 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 it's the uh, I don't necessarily per se, you know, particularly think that anybody's gonna go out there and try and treat every single game like it's a championship. I know we like to think that that's the mentality that people should have, but that's just not the reality either. Right. However. Uh, you know, I, I've been on this postcast and said this before. I'll say it tonight, and I'm sure I'll say it again after tonight. You've got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat, okay? And tonight, I didn't feel like they did that. Now, give credit to OKC because they are, while a young team, they're still, you know, much, you know, improving each and every single yes, game, yes. each and every and single scrappy. year. And they're scrappy, and they got good pieces, and they got some athleticism, and now they're adding a healthy chip. Holmgren, who, if not anything else, can be a difference maker with shot altering, amongst other things, on the defensive yes. side of the ball. And, you know, Lou Dort, you know, they're, they're, there's some good pieces over there, mm -hmm. but they're playing together, okay? And they're hungry. And the Hawks, and nobody else knows or remembers this, you know, the Hawks were that young team that was hungry at one point in time. Hopefully that hasn't gone very far. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do definitely think that it's not time to push the panic button by any means, but I do think you have to hold yourself to a certain expectation. I do think that you have to have some kind of pride. I don't think it's an excuse that they're just going on the road and play. You've got to win games on the road. I remember last yeah. year, the yeah. road record was so much better than it was the home record. You've got to pick that back up where you left off because every game is not going to be at State Farm Arena. So you've got to be ready to show up and show out and no matter if you're playing in you know in 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 you know california showtime area or you know wherever it may be oklahoma city you can't treat oklahoma city like oh that's just oklahoma city because i get the vibe and the energy the feel that when we hear oklahoma city and we think about this team and how young they are and inexperienced and not a playoff contender and this and that you tend to play down to that competition i hope mm -hmm. that wasn't the case i won't stand here and say it was I hope right. that wasn't the case on tonight, or we got some very valuable lessons to learn moving forward. I just like to think they're better than that. Yeah, I would have to agree because, listen, I know it's the Thunder, but you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of sometimes how the Hawks would get caught out there with the Pistons, where because their record would indicate one thing about them, their bad team, 
Not against you, Hawks, because matchup-wise, they just seem to have the Hawks' number last season and really since the inception of Kate Cunningham, but we digress. But ultimately, this, this feels very similar. Like, the Thunder may not be there yet, but as far as having the Hawks' number, they definitely give them grief when we think about it from the perspective of matchups. Now, look, you can't not talk about the bad, right, from what we saw tonight. And one of those things was an abysmal shooting number, toughest number or lowest number rather so far this season, toughest outing in the first half, 50 points from the Hawks. So you say they shot badly, but let's keep it real, Deshaun. It was probably just they shot badly or horribly in the first half, but they played so poorly in the third quarter that it was probably just a little bit too much to overcome. But from you stepping back and kind of looking back at the third quarter, what happened? Yeah, just I think a lack of focus, um, to be honest with you. When you yeah. start looking at some of these championship teams, and this is just one thing that I always kind of take a step back and pay close attention to, and you tend to hear the same thing over and over about some of these teams that are uh, that are contending um, for something rather you know big. That is that third quarter. You have to come out and you have to you know essentially. Treat it, you know, some people say you treat it like it's zero, zero, like the game's starting yes. all over. Yes. I say you treat it like you're down by points. Um, Got to have that kind of mentality, even if you're winning the game or whatever the case may be. So I think that they were flat. And honestly, the energy didn't change. I mean, that, that, that's what really happened in the third quarter. It's what didn't happen. And the energy did not change. They came out and looked like the same team, like there was no halftime, like there was no speech. Like there was no, you know, a 15 minute or whatever it is, you know, intermission break. Um, like there was no gathering, like there was no calling out in the locker room. I mean, there's gotta, somebody's gotta be holding someone accountable. I think that's one of the issues that I had with this team, um, you know, actually for the last couple of years was number one, uh, you need more adults. That's always kind of been my thing. And not a not not a dig on the team by any stretch of the imagination or whatever, what have you, or anybody that's wearing a Hawks uniform. But who's the fed up guy? Who's the I'm tired of this, y'all coming with me, or y'all can stay back. But if you're coming with me, we're going out there and giving it 110% and something has to change in this locker room. And if something within you has not changed, then you need to stay in this locker room while we go out there and do what we got to do. Whether that equates in a win by 100 or whether that equates in a loss by 100, you have to be willing to show some pride and leave it all out there on the floor. And I don't feel like the energy going into the third quarter did that at all. I felt like it was very flat. Um, guys were, you know, they just didn't seem loose. Guys yeah. seem kind of, in some ways, kind of tight a little bit, a little tighter yeah. in the sweater, a little tighter in the sweater I'm wearing right now. I kind of feel like that's where we were at with this team. And uh, it just didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. It just seemed yeah. very, something seemed very off about it. Indeed. And I think when you have a third quarter like that, you can mount a comeback in the fourth quarter, but after you have to build off of or, or build back from everything that was kind of torn down in one quarter. Sometimes the energy you expend is just too much for you to make that full-on comeback. So we'll talk a little bit more of a look ahead as we know that the Hawks are headed to Mexico City to take on the Magic. But before we talk about that and before we talk about a little bit of a kudos, honors, recognition to Trey Young uh, in his hometown, we'll talk a little bit about, and I'll give you some details on FanDuel. 
So now when we talk FanDuel, Deshaun, look, I know you got a little one and you're already kind of thinking about the holiday season, that sort of thing. Most of us should be because why? This is an opportunity for us to get ahead of it early on with our Christmas shopping, our holiday shopping. And you can do that if you got a little extra cash. And you can get that if you're using FanDuel. You can score early this NBA season with FanDuel because it is America's number one sports book. Now, right now, new customers, the new new, can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. And if you're like me, user-friendly is probably at the top of my list for an app. Now, there's also a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn throughout the NFL season. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn because the holidays, again, they're upon us. And why not be able to take care of your NFL fan but getting a little cash courtesy of FanDuel, which is your official partner of the NFL. Okay, so like I said, we'll end this one on a high note with a little bit of rapid fire. As we know, Trey Young had a street named after him in Oklahoma City this past weekend. And it was really kind of cool because the Hawks through some video up on social media showing that each and every teammate was there. So Deshaun, how cool is that, that he was honored in his hometown, but also that all of his teammates who were, yeah, physically in the city, but they took the extra time to come over and just give him some extra love. How cool was that? No, I think it was super dope. I mean, listen, you got a street named after you that kind of goes to show, you know, the, you know, the, um, you know, the, the, Things that you do within the community. I know Trey has, you know, definitely been with, you know, doing some things not only within the Atlanta community, but certainly within, you know, the uh, Norman, Oklahoma, obviously we attended college as well and grew up and all those good things. But, um, you know, shout out to him. Congratulations to Trey. That's a, that, that's, that's leveling up right there. That's yeah. a whole different, that's a whole different definition of leveling up, but congratulations <laughs> to him. The young family, I think it was awesome to see his teammates there that was supportive of him. I mean, that, you know, th those are some of the little things that just kind of go a long way. We love this sport of basketball. Obviously, yes. nobody, I, I argue up and down. Nobody loves it more than me. But there's things off the floor that I think make a huge difference as well. And your people being there for you that you go to war with each and every single night, I think is certainly one of those things. So congratulations to him and congrats. To the uh, to to the teammates for being there uh, to take it all in as well. Yeah, and I think those are the little things that, as this team continues to grow, they grow together when they're there to support one another. So yeah, I agree with you. I think that when you look at the product on the court, it may not seem like a big deal when these little moments in time matter, but they do. They do because those are the types of things that allow you to bond. It's the types of things that allow you to see into what made Trey Young into who he is today. Every time you go to Oklahoma City or every time you get some type of decree like this, it lets you see into or peer into the person of Trey Young as opposed to just knowing the player of Trey Young. So, yeah, I thought it was a good look and um, one of those things where, yeah, maybe is uh, home, as we say, I don't want to say return because Lord knows he's returned a number of times over these last six or so years, but it's a nice return for him to have at least gotten that, even though kind of got spoiled a little bit by them taking the L, but they can make a trip. 
beyond the border and wipe that L away just as quickly as they got it tonight. They've got a couple of days to Sean, three days to be exact, before they reset to get ready to quote unquote host the Magic in Mexico City because it is considered a home game for the Hawks. But what are going to be the keys? They're going up against another young upstart team, a team that's kind of been up and down, but it has been able to string together a couple of wins of late. How do the Hawks get back into the win column against Pablo Banquero and the Magic, the Orlando Magic? I'd be remiss if I didn't say defense yet again. <laughs> um, and I know that we can talk about Sean, that. So tell us one more time. I know, I know, I know. I know. I feel like Allen Iverson with the practice thing. Um, <laughs> but I probably said it more times than he said practice. But um, but specifically, even on the offensive end, offensive rebounding. You know, I think that that's yeah. going to be key as well. Um, Orlando has been, you know, I, I watched every Orlando specifically home game on last year and just saw how great that they were. Um, and while they didn't make the playoffs, uh, they were certainly in position to make a strong push for it. You've got a lot of athletes out there, so you really have to do a good job of blocking out. When you have that Cole Anthony and Paulo Bancaro and yeah. the Wagner brothers have been really improving, Jalen Suggs and, um, um, you know, you, you just have so many guys uh, that, you know, are capable of doing damage. Now, obviously, yeah. in a situation where it is a neutral site game, uh, that is something that I think can help the Hawks a little bit. Um, but make no mistake about it. We talked about OKC being a team that's young and hungry. I would definitely put Orlando, if not at the top of that list, extremely close to it, certainly surpassing, you know, OKC in those regards. So they're going to be hungry and they want to win as well. And, um, you know, that's just something that I think Atlanta really has to do. I would say offensive rebound and making sure that they're not turning the ball over. Yes. Uh, definitely, obviously, you want to hit more shots than the other team because that's what results in a win. But it's got to start with the defense. The other stuff will come first. Defense, uh, the other stuff will come later, but defense has certainly got to be at the top of that list for the team. Indeed, indeed. Like you said, protect the ball and also get that other train to turn over the ball. But when they do, make sure you capitalize on it. So, yeah, we'll be looking forward to hopefully talking to you guys about a Hawks win in a few days. But in the meantime, I want to thank you guys, as always, for stopping by the Hawks postcast right here on your Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. Have a great night, guys, and we'll see you at the next postcast.